Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. It is August the and I am in the studio again with Miss Summer Rain. Summer, how are you doing, babe? Hey, I'm here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how we both doing it. We're here. We're here. Yeah. I don't know if it's the rain or what what's going on, but you know. We're here. We're here. We're here. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, tonight we have a great show. We have some topics, of course, that we're going to discuss, but we also have special guest, Miss Janice Gadsey, who talked to us about, which is actually kind of a timely show for me. It's about becoming an emotional conqueror, which means um, basically not letting stress and things that go on into your life um, get you down, how to handle your emotions, how to work your way through, and how to always come out on the other side of it. Um, and she says very swiftly, so she's going to show us some techniques on how to uncover the freedom that we already have within us. So she's going to be coming on at 7.30. But right now, me and my girl, we're going to sit up and we're going to chat up a little bit about, um, I think today we're going to turn some things around. I don't really have any necessarily celebrity Topics, but we have some things. I'm kind of in this deep philosophical mood. I just want to talk, chat, and see what my girl got going on. Who wants to start? Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? You go ahead and start. Okay. All right. Well, I sent you a graphic. There was a graphic that was on Facebook, um, and it showed um, a very common situation. Showed a guy, I guess, in before they got married or when they got married, chiseled, six-pack, um, evidently working out, taking care of himself. And then the situation calls for 10 years later since they've been married. And, you know, anyway, I guess gotten comfortable. People in the article said let himself go. Um, and the question was posed. It was like if your significant other or spouse went from this to that, and the that is gain weight, you know, uh, let themselves go, basically. Um, ten years in your marriage, you still love them, right? Because it's about love, not the looks. So I was like, hmm. Oh. It was a hmm to me because in my marriage, um, both me and my significant other, we pretty much, we, we put on some weight. Um and I, it's not necessarily things like it's, it's negative. We're always talking about, you know, we got to lose weight. We want to lose weight. We've always tried things. As a matter of fact, right now we're trying this um, intermittent fasting thing. So, okay. um A lot of people were saying, these, before I ask you what you were thinking, these are some comments that kind of jumped out to me. It was like one girl said, absolutely, but I love him, so he won't, all capital, won't get like that outside of some medical issues. Love is also helping your partner take care of their body. Another person said, as long as we're gaining weight together, I don't mind. I'm going to be just as big as him. Call us the clumps. And then this guy said two things. Either she stressed the, either she stressed the fuck out of him and he <laughs> became successful because only successful people can let themselves go like that, that far. Mm. What do you think? You said something that kind of pressed my button, but I'm going to let you explain. What do you think? Well, I said that um, men get a pass either way, which is, um, I mean, I haven't actually, you know, plenty of friends who date men, but I haven't actually dated men. But what I've seen, from what I've saw or seen or been around, a man can gain a little bit and, 
you know, it's the dad bod, I love the dad bod, or, you know, the woman still kind of loves them um, through it all. And the moment, like, the woman starts to gain a little bit or starts to feel a little insecure or she's not looking like they did when they first got back together, the comments start or the look, and that's when the woman finds, like, you know, porn sometimes or social media, you know, people that don't look anything like her. I mean, you can have a fantasy, but I don't, you know. So that's when the looks start wondering and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> now he's unhappy and she let herself go and, you know, he steps out. Because yeah. so. uh, I see it a lot. I see it a lot. And it actually, uh-huh. it happens. So, I mean, I don't know. Is that a, because I, I always think about this verse in uh, KUGU by Destiny's Child. It's like, I'll keep it tight, I'll keep my figure right, whatever, whatever. That's basically like, this is for you. This is for the other person. So is that like an obligation? Is that something that you should keep in the back of your mind that, you know, pretty much this is what you were attracted to, so I need to keep it like this? Or I don't, I don't know how. No, the words that, there's a song by Cisco that comes to mind. So I'm going to probably be a little honest this week because my um in the midst of my separation my anniversary is on friday so i'm just kind of going to let it rip at this point i mean it's over it's over (laughs) so there's a song by cisco that says is love enough and i feel like love is kind of thrown around like i love you you know but conditionally and i say that because in my marriage, we both went up and went down. And, you know, when I started dating her, I was on the heavier side and she was able to maintain her weight on the smaller end. And then she began to gain weight. And I still loved her as she began to gain weight. But as I began to lose weight, it started to feel as though there was no, like, I don't like you this way. And the words that came out was, I'm no longer attracted to you. So I don't think love is enough. It can be for some people, but I think there's conditions based off of what people want and what they see. And so it says, is love enough to make you stay with me? Mm Mm-mm. It ain't. It ain't. No, because if you say bar health you know, health concerns and things like that. In my marriage, I had health concerns. So it caused me to go up and down, and now I'm stagnant with my weight because of a health issue that I'm going through, and it wasn't enough. No matter the support, the encouragement, the, you know, everything that I was doing to counteract that, it just wasn't. So I think it just depends. I think, you know, as people get older, some people are in it in it for the long haul, and then some people are in it until they find a reason. And, you know, I think that some people use certain reasons as an out to get out. That, and that's, that's, that, that is interesting. Because, okay, so my ex actually was very small when we got together, and when we ended, had gotten really, really big. And we're, like I said, we're the best of friends now. And right now, he has lost like over 100 some pounds. And he sent me a picture, like, this is my goal. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, he basically, he's, he's working towards, like, being a bodybuilder now. And I'm just looking. Um, I, I do feel like, and this is just a, a transparent moment, I do feel like towards the ending, I was, I was, well, number one, I was feeling like the weight was coming from him being in half the relationship, like that. But there was this sense of, like, he is getting, getting, getting large. Um, that's, I know that's something that's bad on my part, but just in the being human aspect of it, I mean, because it was just like over, we were together 16 years, like in 16 years, he gained like over 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and, 
yeah, I think that was natural. After, I mean, the love, to me, the love did not change. That, it was just, uh, can you separate attraction from love? Is, is it possible? Is it possible to do that? I don't know. It's called, to me, what I realize, it's called lust. There are some people who stay in it for lust, and as long as they're lusting after you, as long as you look and do what they need you to do and look how you want them, then, yeah. But it ain't true love because true love settles in, and you are with that person no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to always be married. You can be in a committed relationship and really love that person through their ups and their downs and stuff like that. I I just feel like... Sometimes it's insecurities on people's behalf too, uh, and so we want you to. Some people yeah. want you to stay, you know, big. If you are a woman and you're on the heavier side, and now you start to lose weight, what you know? Yeah. Or vice versa, or whatever. So, <clears throat> and and there's another aspect that people, when they start to have a drifting eye or, or wondering if the grass is green on the other side, they begin to change their physique. Because they're possibly looking to, if not step out or leave. Yeah. So I think it's a multitude of things. Can be. But I think. That's a bad thing. Because everybody in my house, every five minutes, we're looking for a different diet. But I'm not looking for anything else. I'm just tired of being big. I'm tired of having to buy clothes. I got every size known to man in my closet. I'm not throwing nothing away. One thing I know about myself is eventually I'll circle my way back around to all of that's, that's what I know about myself. I love to eat. Um, yeah, but I think it's a little different because like you mentioned in the beginning, you both are in that space of, look, you know, one day y'all like, okay, we need to lose weight, and the next day y'all at the Mexican restaurant. I know from personal experience because I didn't watch yeah. it, y'all. So <laughs> it's not anything that it's like, you know, one, it could be any of those other things. It's just, you know, y'all both want to do something, you know, are y'all mm-hmm. ready? Maybe, maybe not, but it's still at the forefront of both of you guys' mind. And uh, one person was like, look, I just got to do it. I just got to do it. You know, what's the rush? You know, what's, what, what are you doing? Why are you changing your clothes? Why are you changing your, you know, your shoes are changing or your underwear is different. You know, that's, uh, those, are the, those are the things that I'm talking about. Nothing like major, like now you you went from wearing cool, is that cool water? To Pub Daddy's, you know, like, all right now, now I'm about to, <laughs> now we got to right. sit down because we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. The switch up, right? That's yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I counseling has a thing. She said, you know what? When you start to move differently, that's when the, the red flags go up. So we always be. That's our our keyword. You starting to move a little different, and you know we gotta have a talk. So yeah, okay. What's what's your topic? So I have a question. So <clears throat> we all have friends and things like that. Um, let's say, have you ever been caught in between a friend's like two friends or, you know, different friends, arguments or disagreements. And if you did, did you cut one or the other off depending on the issue? Like, do you feel like depending on the issue could make you look at one person a little different? Would you be friends with, stay friends with them no matter the issue because that's their issue? Like, what do you think? Mm. That is a very, that is a very, Sticky situation. I've been in situations like that. I've been in situations like that with friends, mm-hmm. with couples, couples, you know, who I'm friends with, both of them. And then Ooh. it's sticky when, yeah, it's sticky when you get in the middle, especially when it's a, it's a better friend than the other person with the other mm-hmm. one. And then uh, it always seems like when you give, because what happens is, let's say with me and whoever, let's say me and Sally are friends, but I'm also mm-hmm. friends with her with her partner. Um, I give Sally really, really sincere information or and advice on what should happen based on what she's telling me. And mm-hmm. she don't take none of it. But, you know, in her come to Jesus meeting with her partner, you know, she mentions that I gave them advice. And now they're back together and both of them hate me because I'm the bad guy that told Sally she could do better and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I was 
you know what? That's that's what happens. So a lot of times, if I could possibly be there but not there, I'm I'm really good at reflective listening, so I can listen to what you say and make mm-hmm. you think. Advice. Well, all I'm doing is repeating what you're saying, just so that I could. I was there for you, but you know, just whatever decision you try to do, that is completely your own. Because I've been in those situations, and I mean, I've been on both ends of the situation. Mm-hmm. There have been other people, especially with, even with me and Justin, with you and Renee, and then my ex. Because I have a very, 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 very small circle. I mean, it's not even a circle. It only shapes to a circle. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a friendship, like all your friend, that's very dear to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. what about what about you, though? Um, I, I don't, uh, let's see, I don't think I, I have, I have. I, I think I stay the same. I try to stay neutral. Um, you know, and I, I started to phrase things like this, is what I would do or this is how I would handle it because I don't want anyone to be, you know, think that I'm giving you direction or guidance to go do that. And then now you're mad because the situation went left or went rogue. So this is how I would handle it or something along those lines. So I kind of, or I just like, I don't know. I'll just stay out of it. Look, I don't, I'm Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I've gotten into a lot of things, like you said, um, where people say one thing and my words are twisted, or I'm now I'm mm-hmm. turned on. You know, I've turned basically both people are turned. You know, turn on me, or mm-hmm. they. You know, they skip off in the sunset because now they're best of friends because now they're talking about me. Yeah, and right. I'm just like, uh, uh, I, well, not, I didn't say any of that, and I didn't <laughs> tell you to do none of that, but. What about, is there a certain thing that, a certain situation that would make you cut off one over the other? Like, say someone says, we had a party last week and Jim came over and now I can't find my watch. Mm. Mm. Am I Jim? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, one of your friends come over, you know, you're friends with the friend and, you know, you're friends with Jim. Jim too. Uh-huh. And now your friend is like Jerry's like, I can't you know, we had a party and now I can't you know, I remember Jim back in the day was little sticky fingers, but he's the only one that went in my room. And now I can't find my watch. What yeah, do you so do? Not being able to trust somebody? Huh? Not being able to trust someone? Well, I'm just saying, is there a certain situation that would make you like cut off like if you're friends with those people. Yeah, like is oh, it money? Yeah. Like, okay. Somebody don't owe somebody good. money or good, something. Good, 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 good question. Very timely <laughs> question. So, like I said, I, and this is just, you know how when people go through ages, they say, you know, everything came clear to me when I hit 21 or 40 is, you know, 40 is when you really start living. Well, for me, 50 was. 50s when a lot of things got really clear to me and that's just really when I really came into myself and one thing I really became clear clear on is it's a lot of shit I cannot deal with it's a lot of shit that I will not deal with and one thing that I have learned to do is I have learned to sit in this house at 615 and be fine right by myself and In the past, I was the type of person who had to be liked. I had to be invited to the party. I had, you know, people would go out and I didn't get invited. I don't have an attitude right now. Fine, go. That's how it is. So saying all that to say that I have very little patience for inconsistency. Um, mm-hmm. I, in learning my friends, I can learn people's ways. You know, I know which friend is kind of standoffish. I know which friend, you know, when they move differently, whether they need a little bit of time. And I also know when they just being funny. I can't deal with funny. So I'm in a situation right now where I'm assessing friendship within my little small circle because I'm, I see a lot of inconsistency. And it bothers my mental health. Because if a person already don't have a lot of friends, 
I definitely don't need the friends that I have being unfriendly, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're being very inconsistent. inconsistent. Um, definitely if I can't trust you, if I ever find out and know, because I'm, I'm going to know before I approach you, that like somebody is, they betrayed me talking about me or certain kind of way, you know, I'm going to yeah. help you out. I'm just going to remove myself from the equation. I don't mind doing that. Um, yeah. Those are two things that are very, very, because I'm working on my piece. Mm-hmm. My next question for you will explain why I'm working on my piece. So I don't need anybody around me that's going to disturb my piece. I have a very nice place. I have I have everything in here I need. I don't need to be bothered with anything or anybody. So those two things, I would turn somebody off very quickly. What about you? Yeah, you the same. I've, that's how I work. But I've I've worked like this all my life. Like I've always been called a loner. I've always been called really? stuck up. I've always been called, yeah, like, yeah, people, you know, I'm mean. Like if you get to know me, I'm not that type of person. But, you know, if, if that's, that's, I've just always been like, keep me different, God. Like keep me out of that. If I don't want to go, I'm not going. If I don't want to be there, I'm not be there. You know if I don't want to be there. So I've always, I never had the vocabulary until recently. Like I always wanted to maintain my peace or, you know, the circle being small. But I'm the, I'm the opposite. I never had consistent friends in, in general. So yeah. it wasn't like I was being invited anywhere to be like, oh, I'm missing out. No, yeah. I'm cool. So... I, you know, I've always felt like that. Like, if you, my thing is, if you weird, if you start acting weird, I am so gone. You ain't even, <laughs> you don't even got to ring my number again, okay? I don't have no, you'd be, you be surprised. I'll be in here watching Hallmark. <laughs> like, I don't do weird. I don't do funny acting. Like, yeah, no. So, yep. Okay. I feel you on that. I feel you there. So I like I like this part because I'm learning more about you. And you know, when we met, I always felt like I think I told Renee. I always felt like I I kind of um, interrupted you because you met my spouse first. You and Renee met my spouse first, and then I kind of like inadvertently got pushed. I don't know what happened. What was the event? But I met you guys, and I clicked with you. Mm-hmm. I always click with girls more than guys for whatever reason. Um, I really didn't, you know, there was a shift in things. So I really didn't get a chance to get as close to all both of you like I wanted to before you had to relocate. But yeah. I enjoy this type asking you questions and seeing how you feel on um, certain things. Um, let me ask you this question. Let me take it a little bit deeper. Um, what emotion do you experience most frequently? And especially recently, what emotion? Anger. <laughs> really? You didn't even put a question mark on the back of it. <laughs> Anger. Yes, I did not realize how angry I could get because um, I am in this, this, it's a tough season for me. I'm pretty sure, you know, the listeners are aware that I'm going through a divorce and I am going on this emotional wheel. And so I pick it out. I say, what are you feeling? I've never done this because no one no one really cared about my emotions like growing up. We, I, I grew up in a military household, and it was kind of like suck it up. Like even when I got married, my pep talk from my dad was, you are an Avery, which is my last name. You're an Avery. Suck it up so we can get down this aisle. That's what he said <laughs> as I'm crying crazily or whatever so yeah I've been really angry like I really feel like I've been slighted a lot and uh, I've been talking to God a lot and I think that it's an emotion it's an okay emotion to question him like okay I'm angry with you because I'm going through this but that's the emotion I've been feeling lately is very very angry (laughs) wow I would never think that I would never think that it's a quiet anger. It's it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not a good one. It's a quiet anger. But I try to I try to feel it because I need to go through it. So I, I'm gonna feel it. I'm gonna I know myself. I'm very self aware, so I know I can 
I got to stay in the house or I got to take a walk. You know, I don't interact with people when I'm angry because I don't like to change the mood or dump or anything like that, dump my emotions mm-hmm. out. But, yeah. But do you have – what's your outlet? Or do you keep all that in? Do you have someone – I feel like you should have someone that when you feel like that, you can contact, you can connect with. I do not feel like I have that anymore. And I definitely oh. don't feel – I, I I was sad because I realized I don't necessarily have that in my spouse. Um, mm. My spouse is a fixer, and sometimes it's just a situation I want you just to listen. Mm-hmm. listen. But my spouse is a fixer. I have a respect about them. I don't I don't have that um, outlet someone that I can call. The emotions I I can't even the emotions that I feel. In this season of my life, it's almost like a trifecta. I feel doubt, self-doubt a lot, um, oh. almost hopelessness, oh. and then sadness. Okay, I can relate. I go through those almost daily. You know, it's funny because not funny, but so I'm very quick. I'm very skeptical on saying, you know, God told me, God told me this, God told me that. But mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, usually Renee would call us and say, you know, you guys want the 8 a.m. service. She didn't do that this week. Um, mm-hmm. And just at the work. But I just felt this urge cool. that I needed to go to church. Mm-hmm. I went to church by myself, sat in the set, the seat that I sat in um, quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the message was right before me. Basically mm-hmm. about holding on. God hasn't forgotten. Um it, it was just for me. And then at the end, he had this altar call for people who were like, he felt like he'd been holding so much in, people who are at their end, you know, mm-hmm. like, and he an altar call. And I did not go to the altar call. I, I was battling. It was like I could feel my feet moving, but I did not go. So mm-hmm. I texted Pastor afterwards and texted me this long text, which um I'm not gonna read, but it was a long text, and you know, he said that he understood what I was going through and was gonna pray for me. But yeah, those are what I feel. Those are those feelings that I feel um, most in this season. I mean, that's not always, but just in this season, I'm going through. I'm going through some sort of shift. I don't know what God is up to. Mm-hmm. Some shift that I'm going through, and I'm just trying to wait on His timing because I've tried it my way. I've tried to hurry the process. I've tried to 2.0 it, but evidently this is my season of be still and know, you know, that he yeah. died. Yeah, that's where I am right now. Yeah, it's just, it, I've been watching a lot of things that says that sometimes you go through a season of isolation. Like you can still yeah. be, you know, around people, still be married, still all that type of stuff, but God will isolate you individually yeah. in your yeah. mind, in your heart. And it's mm-hmm. something that he wants to tell you or something, like you said, the transition, something that he wants to do. You don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. No, I don't have any, I, I have, I go to therapy. So, you know, I had to rev up my therapy. I do therapy two times a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to, I have to, because, but other than that, no, I've never had a, a safe space. I've never had, you know, um, a moment of vulnerability that, didn't turn into someone threw it in my face in the end. Oh, wow. Anytime That's I've ever been vulnerable, it's always yeah. come back to bite me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, well, you know what? Our guest, our guest tonight, she is in the studio, and hopefully right. she can because yes. she is an emotional conqueror guy. And, um, you know, grief can turn our, our world upside down. Both of us know that. Yeah. Uh, but there's always a way through, and there can be great joy on the other side. So our guest tonight, Denise Dad, she's going to talk to us after this break about how we can both and all of our listeners can get to the other side. So after this break, we'll be right back with Denise Dadsey. You've been listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We'll be right back. 
Unused prescription opioid pain medicines can spell trouble. They can spell risk if taken by someone they weren't prescribed for, harm if accidentally taken by a child or pet, or overdose if they're not used as directed. Safely dispose of opioids before they can hurt your family. Find a drug take-back option such as medicine drop boxes. You may find these in your community at local pharmacies or police stations. Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. What's going on, everybody? This is Neo for Life Beat. The music industry fights AIDS. When you're drunk or high, all you want to think about is what feels good. But think about this. Two Americans under the age of 21 are infected with HIV every hour of every day. Don't become another statistic. Use protection. To learn more about HIV and AIDS, go on to www.lifebeat.org. Respect yourself. Protect yourself. You're now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. I like Janice Dazzy. She is an emotional conqueror guide who teaches individuals how to become emotional conquerors. Um, becoming an emotional conqueror means that you no longer have to be subject to those stressors that lead to poor decisions and physiological damage caused by low vibrations. Janice has learned personally master her emotions while facing life's hardships to the point that any negative emotions that rise up inside can be eliminated swiftly. So please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Janice Dazzy. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you Absolutely. for having me. Absolutely. So how is your day going? How was your day? Oh, I have to say it was fantastic. Very busy, but it was fantastic. Um, I just started this week. I work as a uh, substitute teacher in Chicago. We started yesterday, and um, I was supposed to be teaching first grade uh, yesterday, but then today they decided I was going to be teaching kindergarten, and neither one of the classes were ready for students. And so we have like five days to get the whole classroom ready for students to be there, but um, I just kind of sat back and said, I'm not going to feel the weight of the chaos and the confusion or overwhelm. Um, I'm going to ask a lot of questions and push come to shove, you know, I'm just going to freestyle the the days that I have to be in any class that I'm there. And so um, I've gotten a a really good perspective about it. And then after that, just going in with my my coaching clients and uh, just having a really good discussion there. So I'm just like so excited for this conversation we're going to have. That is a good thing. And joining us is my co-host, Miss Summer. Summer, say hello. Hello. How are you? Hello, hello. Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. So we were talking about some issues that we were having just in general. So you're a very timely guest. To get things yes. kicked off, you know, this is a new concept. I, I when um, he told me about you being a guest, I was like, okay, emotional conqueror. Exactly what is an emotional conqueror? All right. Well, to me, I define an emotional conqueror as someone who's able to assess, strategize, and execute an elevated emotion in order to achieve elevated results in life. Okay. Sit down a little bit more for me. What does that mean that I will be able to what? Being well, what, what will they help me in my day-to-day? How will they help me? Yeah, so on your day-to-day, you'll be able to, through patterns and through time, the, the process of understanding your emotions and understanding just generally how you deal with certain situations, you can, one, see things coming on to where you can navigate a little bit better, like with the situation I talked about with schooling. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I've been in a situation before where there's been a lot of chaos with the same school district, and so I know how this routine can go, but I know that when I give my best, I'm at the best place to be able to serve and also to engage with the students, and they show so much love to when I get to that place where I'm just surrendered to the experience as opposed to feeling anxious or feeling doubt or worry or, you know, anger. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I just talking and one thing that I um, am struggling with in this season is anger. So I guess um, just from my perspective, what do you think are some 
powerless statements that we as a society that may struggle with, you know, our emotions and surrendering those that we believe to. Yeah, things that um, I've come across are, you know, it well, it is what it is. Things won't get better. Things won't change. Um, there's other statements that I feel that are powerless. One in particular, um, this idea we're, we're just going to fake it till we make it. Um, mm. So my new new concept on that is, were we what what what's the fake? What's fake? If we are born, and I, I tell people all the time, like. There's a scripture in Second Timothy, I believe, that said God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so if that's the spirit that's within us, then it's not the anxiety, it's not the, the, the anxiety or the depression or the doubt or the anger that's real. It's the power, it's the love, it's the joy, it's the sound-mindedness that's the real, and the fake is the other stuff. So when people take those things in and, and, and embody that as if, well, I'm, you know, I'm keeping it real, and it's usually something attached to a negative comment. And it's like, well, no, there's, there's another side to that coin. So I think we hold ourselves in under, uh, under um, um, the water when we, we acknowledge those things as the only reality as opposed to understanding that there's more to us. And when we are in a better state to look and are more optimistic about our situations, then we are more likely to find those things, those those outcomes that give us the most freedom and love and joy and get us out of that anxiety. This sounds like it would be an an art, something that we really have to work on to. Oh yes, yes. And myself personally, I have been working on it since two thousand five. Um my mother passed away tragically, um and suddenly um at the age of fifty two of a brain aneurysm. And after that, I was the only child, and I grew up with her. She homeschooled me for six years, and so I knew her as my only ally. And so for me, that loss, it sent me into a free fall, and I was suicidal and deep despair and depression, burning bridges with family members left and right because I was looking for that love for my mom, and even to the point where I ended up living in my car for a while because I couldn't find it, and it was Again, that despair and depression was so overwhelming and consuming to where I couldn't get beyond it. But it was through practicing and assessing and and strategizing not only my life and the other aspects of life just in general with maybe finances, education, and all of that, but just remembering the love that my mom had for me and the faith that she had in me. It helped me to keep pushing through. It helped me to keep going and keep growing. So I was living out of faith as opposed to fear. And so over time, it's given me that perspective now. Even when things look, quote, unquote, bad or that things won't look up for me, um, I understand that there's this too shall pass. You know, I'm going to keep working things until they work out, and I don't have to be stuck emotionally in a low place just because I feel like I'm in, low, in a low place. Ooh, okay. All right. I'm thinking hmm. those going along. <laughs> Um, So are there, would you say, are there any other practices um, that can help us align with our power or our freedom to conquer our emotional, our our emotions a little better? Yeah, you know, there's so many things. Uh, One thing that I want to say, just kind of based off what I heard from you all's conversation is, um, and I want to acknowledge you for feeling emotions. I think that's one of the biggest things, acknowledging that state, that emotionally charged state is really critical. And when we're able to do that, we're in a better state to release it. Um, so I I say to feel that thing and then release that thing. So we're all looking for a release in our emotions, whether we're in fear, whether we're enraged, whether we're doubt and worry, even some of the higher emotions, like maybe even just Contentment. Sometimes we, we, we're okay with being content, but we just want to feel that extra sense of bliss. So being able to release those emotions, sometimes it's just maybe you in a room by yourself and you scream or you, you know, you, you, you uh, do some box breathing or like meditating or like going out for a walk or just being able to vent to somebody. Those are some things that help me on a regular basis to be able to process understand where maybe I could have done something different, and then it gives me a little bit more hope in how I can handle things in the future. 
Um, but then it just, again, it gives me that sense of release. And it's like this too shall pass. So just having that forward thinking and, again, embracing those different things like prayer as well, you know, can help you to process things and crying out to God, asking them why. You know, I think mm-hmm. I heard you morning before too. Like sometimes, like it's okay to say that. Like why? Why me? And there were so many times when I lost my mom. Like why? Why? Why did this have to happen to me? Like mm-hmm. out of all of the family that I have who have multiple siblings and all of that, I was, I was raised as an only child. I'm like she was the only one that um, only had one child, and, I, and here I am out here all alone, feeling alone. So let it all out, and I mm-hmm. would feel that, you know. And I think that's what we're all looking for. And so when we were able to understand that process and embrace that process, not hurting anybody in the process, but um, understanding and embracing the process that we're just looking for just a little bit more relief. Um, It helps us to, again, be able to establish those patterns and understand the art of emotional intelligence and being able to push through those things a lot quicker. Mm, Okay. Yeah, because we were discussing how, you know, Spirituality is helping us both do this. So, who do you, who who benefits from our lack of power and freedom that we have? Who benefits from that? Oh my goodness! I have seen through social media. I've seen the mainstream media. I've seen through our the, the they call the powers that be. They have right. thrived off of our fear. They have thrived off of our despair. They have thrived mm. off of our anger, and they have made so much wealth and, and collected so much power off of it to where it, it's it's almost sickening to me. And so for me, now that I understand my freedom, because you, you see a lot of people who, or some people, some people you hear of, some people you don't, but I mean, even with some of our pioneers in like the civil rights, like a Martin Luther King, a Malcolm X, you know, they were free in who they were. And the powers that be made it seem like, oh, okay, well, if you get too far out of line, we might take your life. You know, so those are the things that I've seen and I've experienced that. And even, like, in, in not even in that grandiose set, like, maybe if you are in, at work, you know, maybe you, you, you decide that you want to say or speak up to someone who's um, in charge and say something that, that, that you feel deeply about, um, but it's not necessarily something that other people want to speak up on. Sometimes they'll make you feel guilty about it, or sometimes they'll make you feel like um, you shouldn't speak up and you shouldn't be free. So there's so many things that are out there. Not not everybody is as malicious as some of the things that I mentioned previously, but mm-hmm. understanding that, okay, when someone is working to hold me down and understanding the difference between somebody trying to hold you down, somebody just trying to say, hey, you know, I think there might be a different way um, is, is crucial too. But those powers that I've seen, those are the things that I've seen where it's like somebody's benefiting off of me not being free in who I am. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they try to quiet your voice. They quiet your voice. Mhm. 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 But I, I won't go. I, I want everybody to understand their freedom. I want everybody to understand their power that they have because we're it's a it's a given right. We were born we were born free. You know we were born. Um, not a slave. And again, if we're talking about being in faith and and someone who believes in God. This is who he says that he is. He's not fear. He's not mm-hmm. powerless. <laughs> you know, he's not all of those things that society makes us, you know, comply by, by the fear, by the powerlessness. They make us comply by that. But that's not who we serve. So why why would I go your way when I know that I serve a God who's, who's in control of everything? Like that, that to me, it just really doesn't connect, <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. Wow. So we, we discussed it. It is it's a process getting to this point. But what are right. some things that we do start to align more with our power so that we can we can start to work on it? Earlier in the show, we were talking about the things that we've just been going through. We we were brought together, I believe, to help each other through this season in our life that we're we're, we're going through. Amen. But what are some things that we can do that start to align with this power that we have? Yeah. So some of the things that I mentioned, like acknowledging those charged, emotionally charged events, being able to understand that you do have a choice, even in those seemingly despair and and depressed moments. I'm looking for emotional relief. 
the company and thoughts that you keep too are important. That's one thing I haven't mentioned is that sometimes you have those relationships with maybe like friends or even family members that, you know, you talk to them maybe for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you just feel drained on a regular basis after you get off the phone. You know, those are the types of relationships that I say put a, put a little bit more distance between those, and you'll notice that you'll feel better even in general. You know, and then your own thoughts even sometimes. You, you get pessimistic and doubtful about what you can do. And so I think those things, too, practicing more positive thoughts towards yourself, again, it's a process, but then, too, watching the company that you keep. And then one thing, too, that is, I feel is major is when you feel joy, when you feel aligned with the creator, get out there and do something. That builds momentum. When you're feeling blissful, when you're feeling power, when you're feeling sound mindedness, get out there and do something. Maybe it's making a phone call. Maybe it's doing something that you've been putting off for a while and you're just like, you know, I just feel so good right now. Let me just go ahead and, and jot this thing down. Maybe mm-hmm. it's been one to complete. That's the best time to act. When you are in that state, that's the best time to act. And again, it gives you some momentum and it gives you some more confidence to keep pushing the next time you feel a little bit lower emotionally. Mm. I definitely agree with that. I I um have been practicing like meditation and speaking positive affirmations into myself, and I can tell mm-hmm. on those days where I wake up and I'm in good spirit and things like affirmations. It's like just random acts of kindness happen. You know, I just mm-hmm. see things differently. It's it's definitely um it definitely works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean. Father talks yeah. about so reap you reap what you sow. You sow that and you reap that. You know, or yeah. people talk mm-hmm. about the law of attraction. That what mm-hmm. is is out there you create the like. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So how, how can our guests follow you? Find oh. out more information about working with you and all of that. Yes, yes, yes. So my website is Janice Speaks. So it's my first name, G-E-N-E-S-E, JanisSpeaks.com. Um, they can find me on Instagram. I post a little stuff here and there on Instagram on at I am Janice 85. They can find me on Facebook, uh, Janice Marie. I'm there on Facebook. Um, and you can reach out to me on any of those um, sites or, or platforms in order to inquire about life coaching. Um, I do public speaking on emotional intelligence, and then also I have a 30-day what I call Conqueror's Journal to where you can build your self-awareness in your emotions. And so you awesome. can find me there. And, and Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Denise, for coming on the show and sharing this information about un- uncovering the freedom that we already have within. I appreciate it. I know it's going to help um, Summer and myself, and I'm going to mm-hmm. – um, I direct people your way so that you can help them as well. Oh, thank you. It's All been right, a no pleasure. It, absolutely. And hopefully you'll come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I want as many people to know about this freedom as possible. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much and have a good evening. All right. You all too. You all too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Good stuff. So, you know what? We have a, a caller on the line. I want to ask him the question. This is actually my brother, um, Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yes, Terrell. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, how are you? Good, good, good. My co-host, Miss Summer Rain, she's on the line. This is my brother. I always call him. He's going to always be my little brother. He's he's not little, but this is um, Doctor Terrell Strayhorn. But I wanted to ask you a question because you yourself, you've you've been through a lot as well. And and Summer and I were talking about the the season that we're in, and it's just like we're going through trials, testing, learning about ourselves. It hasn't necessarily all been bad uh, because I can definitely see a purpose in the struggles that I'm going through. I'm just in this season of waiting. How do you get through or how did you get through a lot of the things that you've been through? As far as what is your what 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 we're looking at what what got you through? Uh, That's a great question. And hello, Summer. Um, Hi. I let me see. So, um, you know, I think that part of it has been just to 
I would say that in the more recent times, um, I have really been like your last speaker, um, mm-hmm. just taking life more gently as it comes and realizing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, life is a journey and, you know, to quote Christian scripture, although it doesn't, it's not a Christian thing only, um, that the race is not given to the one who rushes to the end and to the swift or the strong, but to the one who endures. So it's not about um, always trying to outpace, outwin, outsmart, outlast others, but to really um, give yourself grace Grace. and forgiveness to um, embrace life as it comes, to admit that there are good days and bad days, bright, sunshiny seasons of, you know, winning seasons where everything is up and there are lots of successes and victories, but that at any given point in time, there can be some setbacks and delays. And, um, and that's a part of life. So mm-hmm. you don't beat yourself up about that. You sort of lean in for understanding. I've done a lot, and I'd say in the last two years of just trying to really learn more about myself, mm-hmm. what my strengths are, what my um, areas in need of improvement are. And um, I mean, I think in this last season, I would say that I had an opportunity to really um, find my own sort of vibration level and learn to just live on that. And, you know, so part of it was um, realizing that everything that I stress about is not a matter of life and death. And, um, you know, my coach, life coach, um, often asked me to think about, so what's the worst that could happen? I know, uh, Packet, Will, you use this too. Um, your clients, what's the worst that could happen? If I really think about it that way, you know, whether um, I'm going for a job interview, what's the worst that could happen? I could not get the job. But the other thing is I could get the job. But even if I didn't get the job, I would have had an interview. I would have practiced my interview skills. I would have met some people. I might have even figured out the job is not for me. So that helps level set these things that we stress about and agonize about. So just asking ourselves, really, what is it that we have to fear? And we realize we have very, very few things that we face that are worth fearing. And then, two, to just really learn to give ourselves grace, learn to love ourselves. Um, You know, I strive to, if I can, walk every day, even if it's just for five minutes. It's a way of letting out the energy that the day has given me. Mm -hmm. And for some people, you know, that's not enough. They want to work out in the gym 20 times a day. Um, that's not me. And I don't, that's, that would be stressful for me to try to incorporate that in my day. But just having five minutes to walk, smell the grass, hear the birds, watch the animals, feel the wind and the sun or the, even the moon on my face has been enough. And then lastly, um, you know, I think it took me some time to get here. So I want to say it for anybody in your listening audience who needs to hear it. Um, you know, um, it is okay <laughs> to not be okay. Not be mm. okay. Come on. <laughs> and there are some days uh-huh. where I just need to tell myself, like, bro, I'm not okay. But it's mm-hmm. okay for me to just admit that. I'm not happy today. I'm not mm-hmm. thrilled about what's happening right now in my life. I was running well, and then some barrier, frustration, or issue came up and, um, or, you know, whatever was happening. And it was okay for me not to be okay. And, and that led me to a powerful breakthrough. And I'm going to be honest, I got there first through a book because I wasn't ready to sit on somebody's sofa. So I picked mm-hmm. up a book that matched my situation. I read it. I followed it to a T, but I learned so much about the coach, the coaching from that book that I became comfortable reaching out to a counselor. And um, though I think the sort of, um, what, do, what do we want to call it, that, that crisis has ended, 
I've mm-hmm. continued counseling because I've realized just having someone that I check in with regularly and um, mm-hmm. can talk about the good, bad, the ugly has been great. That's exactly mm-hmm. but, but let me ask you this. You are a huge figure in your industry, huge. So for you to say there are some days that you're not okay, how do you, how do you manage that in your profession so people look to you to be okay? You're, you're, I guess people look to you to be a superhero. I've seen your postings. I've heard people talk about you. How did you reconcile with the fact that you have to stand before people and not be okay? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is the work that we've been talking about. Um, you know, I, because of the nature of my work, don't believe that, um, you know, it's acceptable <laughs> for me to um, just stand up in front of the people unhealthy and mm-hmm. – try to deliver, say, my keynote or teach my class, and all I'm really doing is inflicting other people with my um, worries, my problems, my anxieties. But I have become more transparent. Like, for instance, um, you know, my partner lost his father last Mm -hmm. week, and um, it was a day I had to give a talk. And I just told the audience, like, look, I am 90% here today, but 10% of me is not here because I'm thinking about the family and I'm thinking about, you know, where I, when I leave here, getting, you know, back there and being, and to count, to console him. Um, but I think in, in learning to just be honest and transparent mm-hmm. about where I am, you know, people in the listening audience will come up and say things like, oh, my gosh, I just think it's so great that you share that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, that yeah. really humanized you. And that was yeah. stunning to me because I am a human. I didn't know I had to be rehumanized. But um, when we always want to operate on positive vibrations, always want to operate as if the world is all together and we're together, we do put on this image that we are a machine, we're not natural. Um, and so you do have to be very – Transparent. Part of it is just practicing some humility, being comfortable, being vulnerable, finding the words to communicate um, how you are. But you got to do that extra work because if I wasn't walking and I wasn't listening to music and I wasn't feeding my soul, I wouldn't be able to um, manage my emotions in a way that allows me to speak to an audience, though my heart and mind might be, be elsewhere. Um, but we all have to do that. And I think it's just because um, when you, and I heard your last speaker talk about this. I really did find like when I was reading that book and going to coaching and um, going for my walks and, um, you know, I'm vegan. So I was eating well. Um, the sun was shining more in my life. And I felt like birds were chirping louder in my neighborhood. And, you know, I might go to Walmart and people were kind and gentle and friendly. So I think you do attract the kind of energy that you put out in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, of course, me and your brother, we talk all the time to help people through it. I've always wondered, you know, because you're always expecting your, your, your presentations and everything are always so full of energy. And people, people look to you for that. So I was just wondering, knowing the things that you've been through, how did you break free of that? And I know I've known the work that you've been doing, so I'm proud of you. I just want to say that on air. I'm proud of all the work that you've been doing. And thank you. I know I put you on the spot by coming up here and um, and sharing that, but it was no accident. I appreciate what you added to the show, as well as Janice Dadsey. Um, and I invite you back because you have a wealth of information that Folks, Summer and I would love to talk to you about, but I'll talk to you about that on another time, okay? Anytime. I'm just sitting here in Washington, D.C. with uh, Clarence. We're about to food. Hey, how you doing? Good. (laughs) Good. I should have passed the mic to him and let him tell you how he balances. (laughs) Oh, yeah. How do you balance? Because you yourself, and then you just got your doctorate. How do you balance? Uh, so at one point I was trying to meditate, but it was really difficult for me to be still. And I found myself struggling with being still because I was always on a go. Um, 
So I'm trying to get back into that. Um, but one one uh, way, too, that I've been trying to balance is not being alone so frequently because I am used to withdrawing and internalizing everything. And like Terrell was saying, having to be vulnerable and know it's okay to allow other people in and to share um, what is going on and that you're not always okay. Um, yeah. And actually, and, and to be very honest and transparent, um, he helps me balance. Uh, and I feel like um, he's a lifesaver, uh, really. And that's not yeah. to be bragging or anything like that, but we've gone through enough experiences together individually and to finally to have someone who can understand and accept your issues because no one's perfect. And like mm-hmm. you mentioned, giving yourself grace and each other grace has been really helpful. And to and to see the bright side of things and to help encourage outside of the um, the professional coaching and counseling. And, you know, also people too say it's what you put into yourself. So like mm-hmm. trying to listen to positive things. Like we listen to a lot of gospel music. We listen right. to a lot of um, energetic, fun, uplifting music because I feel like music, too, can be therapeutic. It could be a positive therapeutic, or it could be a negative therapeutic. It, you know, it could change your um, your vibration. So that's uh, something, yeah, that's something really uh, useful, helpful for us. Um, another thing, too, is... Oh, laugh. Everybody laugh. Oh, yeah. Laugh. Laughter is good for the soul. That is what we do. We spend most of our days laughing. Yes. Find somebody that not only you love, but find somebody who makes you laugh. Oh, we laugh at silly stuff. Oh, my goodness. It's like we're big kids. And everybody, that, that's the thing. Adults are big kids, and I feel like we forget to go back to childhood so we can have fun, so we carry a lot of childhood trauma. And we both realize that, too, because we haven't been able to release it. But now we're able to talk about, like, not only childhood issues but adult issues um, and laugh about it and, and see what can we learn from those issues so we can grow so it's been really helpful just to um, help somebody um, a part of your journey and not being alone, you know. I, I would say that's been the main part because being alone could be so um, scary. And people, I remember growing up, I would say, I'm fine. I don't need anybody, but I really believe everybody needs somebody, no matter who you are. And I just think about some elderly who are alone and they don't have anyone to check on them or, you know, I just have a new perspective, especially after losing um, my parents within a year and a half of each other. So I just have a different outlook on life, period. Um, you have to live. You have to live. Tomorrow is not promised. So, you know, it's the flow. Right, right. Yeah, I hope so, you answered that question. Yes, you did. Thank you so much. Summer was like, do they need a friend? She texted me. I was like, ask them, yeah. <laughs> I love you guys' energy and everything that you're saying. It really is resonating with me because that's where I am learning myself in this season. And I'm beginning to just understand more and more about the things I need and pour into myself a little bit more. And so by pouring into myself, it, it allows me to learn more about myself and what I need and, you know, what I love about, you know, just in general. So. Thank you all for every for your advice. All of that. Thank you. I can be your friend if y'all want. We are always taking applications for friends, and thank y'all for uh, the opportunity. Anytime you want to chat, we're happy to dial in and listen to your show. Special shout out to my brother. So proud of you and your work, and so proud to meet you, Summer. And just know you're making a difference. We know people who are listening to the broadcast right now, and they need to hear these words. It's really going to make a difference. And for those who are listening, just remember, everything is a part of life. Nothing is all of life. So love is a part of life. If you got it, then good. If you don't, don't worry about it. Work is a part of life. Don't make work your whole life. It's just a part of life. Everything's just a part of it. Together, it makes sense. But any one part, okay, I'm going to stop. He's a preacher, too, as well. Okay. Thank you so much, Terrell. And I'll see you guys next month still, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Great, great, great. Adios. All right. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.
Oh, love them, love them. So, you know what? It is 8.04. Next week, we have Miss LaShawna Epps. She's the reschedule. She's the power of self-care. She will be here um, to join us. And Mm -hmm. counting down until the last episode, September 19th in this season nine. Um, Anything you want to say before we close? I listened to a podcast earlier, and I think what resonated with this whole – it was crazy because I listened to it today, and everything kind of tied itself together. And so she basically was saying that if you have an idea, if you want to do something and you feel good about it or, you know, you just want to go and try a new place, if you want to call someone and you feel – weird or you feel uneasy about telling them about what you have going on, don't. Save your mental health and just do it and tell them later. Do not let them talk you out of it. Do not let them, you know, bring you down in that moment. Save it. Enjoy and bask in your moment and tell them about it later if you want to. So don't let anyone stop you. I know that's right. I know that's right. So you're going to practice that? I already do that. I don't be telling nobody. I, y'all know, you know, but I yeah. haven't shared it with my family because I just don't want the negativity. Anyway. So I'm waiting on my answer. I'm supposed to get an answer soon, but yep. Well, you better let me know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine, and I'm keeping it to myself right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Have a blessed rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's show. I hope you get a chance during the week to visit our site at livewithwill.com for up-to-date show information, including exclusive opportunities and exciting upcoming interviews. Be sure to tune in next week, same place, same time, for another informative show of real people, real topics, Real talk. Let's face it.